You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. I've had my mind blown this week. Really, 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 really. The Sabbath is a principle of creation. It's like the law of gravity. It's just, it's just there. You can't really escape from it. Although you can choose not to participate in the law of the Sabbath. You can't choose you know, to, not, not to participate in the law of gravity. Well, otherwise, we'd all be people who are just rebellious and would be like floating around everywhere. But the law of the Sabbath is a, is, is a law of creation. It's a principle of creation that God instituted in the creation story. Um, and if you don't do it, if you don't practice it, you'll end up burning out in your soul, in your spirit, and in your family. And when someone burns out, it is never good. And it's, it's never good for you, and it's never good for those around you. If you know someone who's burnt out or who, who has gotten close, I've gotten close before, probably about, what, 10 years ago? About that. I got, I got pretty close and we kind of realised it early and I went and saw a, a psychologist uh, every single week for a while, a Christian psychologist, because if you need help, you've got to get help, right? And I needed help. And there's no shame in seeing someone who can help you. All right, let's put that out there into the, into the realm where uh, we're just demystifying, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, um, so this is an area, Sabbath is an area of my life where I don't do that well. I do pretty well at doing nothing. Uh, but I don't do well at Sabbath yet. Uh, I would say part, a small part of Sabbath is doing nothing or resting, you know, but finding out what recharges you and doing that. And so what we're doing this month is we're taking the five weeks of this month and we're talking about a different element of the Sabbath, okay? So last week uh, we talked about, uh, what was it? It was celebration. So last week, Beck talked about celebration. Tom, can you bring that, 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 that thing up? And this week we're going to talk about revelation, and every week, we're going to bring out another element of what, what God wants us to include in this Sabbath time, all right? <coughs> now, I forgot to bring the book, but uh, we got this great book called uh, The Emotionally Healthy Leader by Peter Scazzaro, and it is like, it's, it's a painful book to read because it really grows you. It's, uh, it's a lot of revelation jam-packed into that thing. But since reading chapter 5 of that book, which is called Practice Sabbath Delight, I can give you a copy of that if you like. I've got it scanned on email. Um, like, totally mind-blown on how important the Sabbath is and how little the church practices it. Uh, so today we're going to explore... Revelation, but first I want to kind of ask a really crucial question first. This is my hook for the message: is why do you even need a Sabbath? Right? Why do we need the Sabbath? Because isn't Sabbath just the day that we go to church? Isn't it like, well, it's Sunday, Sunday's the Sabbath? That's how we've often thought about it. The answer is no. 
Uh, isn't the Sabbath just what like super weird religious people, you know, stick a whole lot of rules around? Like, well, my family, because I had, I had friends at school who were Seventh-day Adventists, and she wasn't allowed on the Sabbath, the Sabbath, to, uh, they weren't allowed to eat certain foods. You can't eat pork, and, it, well, you can't, I don't know, I don't know about Seventh-day Adventists if they're allowed to eat pork anyway, but she wasn't allowed to on the Sabbath. She wasn't allowed to wear makeup on the Sabbath. She wasn't allowed to dress in certain ways on the Sabbath. There was no TV on the Sabbath. I'm like, I'm not participating by your Sabbath. I need my TV. Sorry. Um, like, isn't that, isn't the Sabbath just what really weird religious people do? No, it's not. Isn't the Sabbath just a day where I get to do whatever I like and I can skip church and go to the beach? No, it's not that either. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Peter Scazzaro, he says, this is a brilliant little quote. You can take a photo of the screen or whatever. And it says, Biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, Practice delight, contemplate God. Those are the, fo- he, he has researched every single instance of the word Sabbath in the Bible and come up with these four principles of the Sabbath. So we're not unpacking them kind of one by one over this time, uh, over this month, but what, we are, what we're unpacking fits neatly into all of those. So 24 hours, you're like, are you serious? Where the heck am I going to find 24 hours to stop work, enjoy rest? Are you kidding me? Do you, have you seen my schedule? Do you know my life? Right. Well, the, 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 let's just talk about this for a second because he actually takes from 6 p.m. Saturday through to 6 p.m. Sunday as his Sabbath. On the Jewish calendar, it was 6 p.m. Friday through to 6 p.m. Saturday, or sundown, sundown uh, Friday to sundown Saturday. And this is what he says he does. He has a meal with his family. They talk, they laugh, they go for hikes, probably not at, late at night. Uh, <laughs> they, they take naps, napping. I'm, see, I'm a huge fan already. Uh, they read They play, they enjoy each other's company. They keep away from social media and any form of work for them. They don't do chores around the house. Oh, preach, man, preach. Uh, (laughs) But they make space to connect with each other and with friends, right? They enjoy resting. They make space to connect with God and to know themselves better. Now that's something, even if, even if there's no scripture attached to that, that's something that I kind of really like to hear. You know, Darren, this is what you should do a little more of. That's a good idea. Right? This is a super countercultural concept. Right? We live in a world that glorifies busy. You know, you feel important if you're busy. If you can say to someone, yeah, 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 busy week. Oh, you know, a bit of extra busy, a bit more busy than, than, than the normal busy, you know, because I'm, you know, what you're saying is, <laughs> I am super important because I'm super busy, right? Every time I say busy, now I'm trying to tone it down. Yeah, it was really busy. Well, you know, uh, well, I don't know if it was that busy. 
this is a super countercultural concept. You know, well, hang on, while I'm doing my Sabbath, can I Insta-story it? Uh, can I use my Xbox? Uh, what, what, what am I allowed to do in, uh, in this Sabbath time, right? Don't worry about what other people do and don't do in their Sabbath. Why? Okay, let me talk about it. Because the Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath, Okay, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 27 to 28. If you want to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 2, that's where we're hanging out today. But firstly, I want to read this part from the message translation. It's really good. Uh, then Jesus said, this is Mark 2, 27, 28 from the message. Then Jesus said the Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is no lackey to the Sabbath. He's in charge. I like that. We were not made to fulfill a Sabbath ritual. There's some freedom in that for some people, right? God made the Sabbath to help fulfill something in us, not the other way around. The Sabbath was made for you to enjoy. So my question to you is, when did that stop? When did God say the Sabbath was no longer for you? When did he say, oh no, we, we, we stopped that one now, uh, it's over? He, he never said that. What we've done is we've rejected the original idea or the, the idea that we heard, you know, about the Sabbath. The idea that was, well, you've got to do this and this and this and you can't do this, this or this. Ugh. And so the Sabbath became a burden to us. Anyone ever grow up in church and they talk about what you can and can't do on the weekend? Yeah, I just love to be told what I can't do. I love it. Oh yeah, please tell me more of what I can't do because that's the exact thing that I'm kind of leaning towards doing right now. Right? Isn't that how the human, the human system works, right? You know, did you know anyone who wasn't allowed to go shopping on the Sabbath? Yep, yeah, right? No, anyone, anyone wasn't allowed to go to the movies on the Sabbath? Well, you couldn't possibly have fun. Ooh, it's the Sabbath. Great, great. Because that's, that's a Sabbath that I really want to participate in, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's not what God intended. But what, we, what, what the church has done to keep, uh, to, 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 to try and put a container around the principles of God, we've created a list of rules and so what the church has done is we've thrown out the whole thing. So now what we're doing is going, oh, that's still important. <laughs> Let's talk about that, which is what we're doing this month. The Sabbath is not something that we just have to do legalistically either. Because whenever you're doing something legalistically, all you're trying to do is make God like you more by a different way of performing. Right? Right? So this is not performance-driven either. This is connection-driven. This is, this is principle of God-driven, okay? And this is exactly what Jesus is about to talk about to the, to the Pharisees in this passage, right? So let's read uh, kind of the, the whole little section here. So I'm reading from Mark 2, chapter, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, 
and his disciples walked along, uh, sorry, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain, okay? So they're walking through the fields, and the, and the disciples are like, yeah, yeah, and they're just picking some heads of grain so they can eat it on the way, you know, just chatting along, and they're, you know, I'll just grab some heads of grain, blah, 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 you know, maybe they roll them in their hands a little bit, get rid of some of the chaff, pop the grain into their mouth, right? They're just walking along. The Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Now, firstly, the Pharisees have got their heads all mixed up because what they're saying is the, the, the disciples can't do what we say is unlawful on the Sabbath. God never said that you couldn't walk along beside a field and grab some heads of grain and pop them in your mouth as you, as you walk, right? The, the, the Pharisees had made so many rules and regulations so that nobody could possibly go against what God wanted for the Sabbath. So Jesus says, Verse 25, he answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions, right? So I asked Pastor Keith about this. Why is Jesus using David as an example for why the, the disciples are allowed to eat the heads of grain as they walk along? I'm so confused. Pastor Keith goes, that's a good point. Let's look that up. So we did. And we discovered something about the principles here. The principle of uh, that, that God is interested in what humans need greater than someone else's interpretation of the law. So while you might want to put some rules and regulations around your life to do with the Sabbath, don't enforce them on someone else because God actually wants what they need. All right? And then he, Jesus says, uh, verse 27, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the disciples aren't breaking God's law. They're just breaking the Pharisees' rules. They're not too happy about that. You know, so uh, we, we kind of dove into it a little bit. The scribes uh, actually record uh, 39 different types of work that you can't do. This is the Pharisee scribes, right? 39 different types of work that you can't do on the Sabbath. And each one of those 39 has six levels of instructions. Not six instructions, six levels of instructions. And a third of those 39 uh, groups of things that you can't do on the Sabbath, a third of them had to do with reaping. So they're like, no, 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 you can't do that because God says we can't reap on the Sabbath. It actually says you can't reap with a sickle on the Sabbath. It doesn't say you can't walk along and, you know, nonchalantly, you know. It just says, you know, the, the, the Pharisees said if you wash up on the Sabbath, you can't throw your water out the window because the water might fall on some seed and that might grow and therefore you're working on the Sabbath. That's how ridiculous they were. 
Disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. Oh, gosh, get a grip. So Jesus said, in, uh, if you want to write this down, it's Luke 11, verse 46. Jesus is talking about, well, hang on. What you're dictating here is becoming a burden that is too great for others. Instead of this day, which is meant to bring joy and life and space and freedom, it's actually this heavy burden that the Pharisees were putting on everybody. And all this rule-keeping, God is far more concerned with meeting the needs of people than He is with religious tradition. And we've got to hear that as believers. The Sabbath is made for us. All right? Secondly, the Sabbath enables God's life rhythms. Tommy, can you, can you put that up? He's gone to the toilet. He's escaped the building. Good job. Uh, Okay, the Sabbath enables God's life rhythms. And those are the rhythms that God created for us to make us strong. So why do you want to take a Sabbath rest if it's 24 hours or four hours or whatever? It's so that you can ensure that you are moving with the right rhythms of life. Okay, when God created the world, He worked for six days and then He had a day off. He had a Sabbath. Right, a day of rest. And this is what I want to say to you today, is that you cannot, this is my revelation, we cannot be truly healthy, whole, and strong in God or in our families or in our marriages if we don't have the proper rest, the proper enjoyment, and the proper connection with God and those that we love. See, God, God set the wheels in motion for creation, and that's just how it's meant to be, right? They were, these, these rhythms were never meant to stop. But like, let's talk about, can we put up the next slide, Tommy? Let's talk about what the secular rhythm looks like. Because it's like, work, 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 work. Holidays, baby! Yeah! I got holidays. I'm doing nothing. I am watching Netflix and I'm going to the beach every day. And then, oh no, back to work, 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 work. Ooh, the holidays are coming up. Work, work. Holidays, baby! Yeah! And that's, that's the secular rhythm of life. That's not what God says. Let's talk about the sacred rhythm of God. That's the, that's the next one, Tom. Can you keep up with me? That'd be great. Is, uh, <laughs> is that we have a Sabbath and then we go to work. And then we lean back into the Sabbath and then we go back to work. And holidays are a huge bonus because we're already experiencing this rhythm of rest that God instituted from the beginning right? If you're not stopping, you are not stepping into the best that God has for you. Because what you're saying is, I can do better by myself. I can do better not participating. This is what's hit me in the face this week. Little, yep, yep. Darren's been walking around going, nope, I don't need to do the rhythms of God. I can do it better than him. Nope. No, he can't. 
because you're assuming that God's perfect rhythm for life is not for you. Uh, no, I can do it. I can do it. Here's another point. In Egypt, what did Pharaoh have the Israelites doing? A lot of work. Non-stop. Every single day. Wake up, go to work, go home, go to bed. That's it. That's what the Pharaoh had the whole Israelite community doing from sunup till sundown every day. No Sabbath, no stopping. Their one job was to work. Their one reason for existing was to work. Right? It was slave labor. No Sabbath, no rest, no enjoyment. And you know what? This is exactly what the devil would like you to do. You know, there's a lot of correlations between the devil and Pharaoh. A lot, a lot. The devil would love it if you just lived your life to work. And you never stopped. And you were, you were checking email. I'm so bad at this. You were checking email like 10 o'clock before you go to bed. I'm like flicking through my phone. Is there anything else I could do before I have to go to bed? No, no I don't know. Oh, emails. No, Darren. No, no, stop. Stop. Stop checking your emails late at night. Don't, don't, don't do it in the morning, right? The devil would love you to feel overwhelmed all the time. He would love you to have your, your identity linked to your performance at work. He would love you to be on the road to weakness. Burnout. Overwhelm. Feeling empty. Feeling like you're not enough. Feeling like you'll never be enough. As Brene Brown says. Why do you and I need to have a Sabbath? Why do you and I need to decide and make the Sabbath actually a part of our normal rhythms? It's just so we can slot back into the rhythms of God, to short-circuit the plans of the enemy, and so that we can regain strength God's way, not just by having a day off, that's what I'm starting to realize is that the Sabbath isn't just a day off. It's not just time where I can do whatever I want. It's actually time where I need to think about what is going to refresh me the best possible way. And God has some stuff to say about that. Right? Last week, celebration. It's important to celebrate what you've achieved. It's important to celebrate what you've made, the people in your world. Right? And today we're talking about revelation. The Sabbath is for me to contemplate and enjoy God. Okay, now point number two, contemplate and enjoy God, right? Uh, let's, let's read that quote again from Peter Scazzaro, all right? Because I think it's so good and I needed to read it 12 times. Uh, Biblical Sabbath, I'm going to read it again, is a 24-hour block in time, a block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, contemplate God. Let's talk about contemplating God and enjoying God for a minute. Because next week, we're going to explore a little bit more of that practice delight element. We're going to talk about recreation next week. And, the, and week four, we're going to talk about, uh, what's the week four? Satisfaction, right? And then the last week, we're going to talk about how to make this really practically work in our lives. Um, so 24 hours might be a bit long for you to think about, right? What about like an hour? 
Can you like factor in an hour? Can you plan for an hour in your, in your, in your weekend? Or it might not, not even be on the weekend. It might be a different day for you. So one of these elements that we need to make sure we're including in our Sabbath rest is contemplating God. You might talk to your family about God. You might start a discussion. You might open up the Word together. You might sit in your favorite chair at home or outside, and you might just read and think and pray and journal and meditate. You know, you might just be still and know that He is God. Um, I'm just going to flick through because we've already mentioned a bunch of these things. Um, the Sabbath is for several things to happen, and one of those is for revelation to take place. It's like the Sabbath is God's delivery point for certain revelations. Um, I love what uh, Peter Scazzaro says again. He says, instead of thinking of the Sabbath as an imposition, I had to look up that word, imposition, great, yeah, yeah, almost failed English, Darren didn't know what imposition was. Uh, I, could, I could guess it's something that is imposed on you, uh, for all of you people who are a bit like me. Um, instead of thinking of the Sabbath as something imposed on you, we need to embrace it as an essential delivery mechanism for God's love. Whoa. So the Sabbath is a place where God has planned to show you something. He has planned to reveal to you something, to unveil something to you, to help you understand something. So if we're not taking Sabbath rest, there's certain things, right? There's certain revelations that I can only access in the quiet space. Certain uh, revelations, certain truths that I can only understand in the, in the, in, in the quiet, in the stopping, in the resting. I love what Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 says in the message. Jesus said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. How good is that? Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How good is that? What a great translation. Okay? It's a space where we contemplate God. It's a space where we, 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 we slow down and pray. Half the battle's slowing down, I reckon. <laughs> It sounds a bit funny to be in a Pentecostal church where we're, you know, kind of like, come on, let's go, come on, yeah, yeah. And we're going, no, 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 be quiet, be quiet. Learn to be quiet. Quietness is powerful. Quietness can be so deeply powerful, important to us. So one of the areas of the Sabbath that's so important is for us to spend time contemplating and enjoying God. Another quote from the uh, Peter Scazzaro. He says, Sabbath provides a God-ordained way to slow us down for meaningful connection 
with God ourselves and those we care about. Let's talk about connecting with ourselves for a minute, right? Know yourself, number three, know yourself. I find in my extensive experience, I've only been a pastor for 16 years, but I find that people, the people of God need to be continually reminded of our worth, of our value, of our significance, right? Of our standing. We need, to, we need a continual reminder of who we are, that we're valuable and important. We're secure. It's not all going to crumble away in a second. Sabbath means, the, the actual word Sabbath means to stop. It means to cease work. Stop what you're doing. That's what the actual word translates to. Cease from work. And see, the problem with this is, I'm going to get super personal right now, the problem with this is, is that most people are scared to stop. We're actually frightened of what we're going to find in ourselves if I give myself space. Even Christians. We're afraid of space because there's gaps in our identity. There's insecurities that we haven't, we don't want to deal with. God, I don't want to be quiet before you because what if you start talking to me about that thing? <laughs> Won't that be fun to deal with? Nope. So we just kind of keep ourselves going all the time. No, 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to, no, I've got jobs to do. No, 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 uh, uh, yeah, I could probably fit you in about uh, uh, 4, 4.30 for half an hour. Yeah, yeah, good, good, no worries. No, I've got to clean the house that morning. No, I'm busy. No, I'm getting my nails done. No, I'm getting my nose hairs plucked. No, 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 no. I'm super, super, I'm just going to fill up every little gap with things because what, I'm actually scared of what I might find if I stop for too long. If I turn off my phone and, you know, leave my phone over there, what if, what, 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 it's like there's a rubber band tied between me and my phone. And I'm always, you know, oh. yeah, yeah, oh, okay, no worries. And the, the further I go from my phone, the harder it is to pull, because it's going to pull me back. That's what work is like with us. Maybe your phone does that to you as well. Here's the deal. The em if you find in the space, in the quiet, if you find some emptiness, if you find some insecurity, if you find some awkwardness, all you're doing is finding a space that God can fill. All you're doing is finding a space that God hasn't touched yet. I found that as I am quiet, which is rare, but as I pause and I get to think about things, eventually I'll find an awkward, an awkward place in my life, an awkward place in my heart or in my soul that I, I don't really want to go there. I, I might find an area that is empty or an area that is untouched yet by the Holy Spirit. 
And you know what I found really helpful is just to go, God, this is not awkward to you because you're a God that's filled with love and you know me. You've searched my heart. Psalm 139, Lord, you've searched my heart, examined my heart, you know, and lead me in the way everlasting. All I need to do is go, God, lead me in the way everlasting in this space. This space is untouched by you, and I invite you, God, to fill this with your presence, to bring revelation, to bring peace, to bring hope, you know? You're guaranteed to find awkward places when you pause and stop. But that's not, that's not a point at which you need to run from the, from, the, from the space. It's a point where you need to embrace God in that space. It's a point at which you need to turn to God in that awkwardness and go, I need, I need you in this space. Sabbath rest means that we're stopping every week, every week, every week. We're scheduling rest. We're, we're thinking about rest and we're stopping to consider who I am, who God is and how that changes everything. You know, that it's not linked to what I do. If you do nothing for a week, you're still someone. If, if your house is a mess, you are not barred from the kingdom of God because you stopped working for a bit. Maybe you need to stop the chores for a moment so you can realize more deeply who you are in Christ. So it stops being linked to your work, whatever that looks like. You know, it's good. Now, let me just say, it is good to have a good work ethic. I love what you said last week. So good. This is what Pastor Keith's quoting you on today. You know, Beck said last week, I'm good at teaching my kids how to have a good work ethic. I'm not so good at teaching them how to have a good rest ethic. We need a good rest ethic, you know, right? It's good to be a hard worker. It's good to be successful. It's good to have a clean house and a tidy car. If you want to clean my car, you're more than welcome to. If you want, if you've got a really bad work, a really good work ethic and your rest ethic's terrible and you're out of things to do, just call me. Uh, I need something to do. I'm going to come and fix your car. Great, great. That'd be good. Sabbath is about tapping into who I really am and who God really is that he's not a God who's judging you based on your performance, right? Pablo Picasso said this. He said, you put more of yourself into your work until one day, you never know exactly which day it happens, you are your work. The passions that motivate you may change, but it is your work in life that is the ultimate seduction. Whoa. I mean, everything's, we, we, we're really taught to win at life, you know? Everything in the, if you, if you listen to some, you know, uh, some self-help, motivational stuff, it's all about winning in every area of your life. I listen to uh, a bunch of guys who talk about this as well. It's great. It's really, really good. But why do I have to win at everything? Why is everything a competition? Why can't I just enjoy my game of basketball if I don't win? 
I'm pretty good with that. But I, I, lead, I, I lead a team. I, I coach Ethan's basketball team. And they hate losing. They hate it. And I'm like, it's not the worst. I'm, no, I'm saying this, this to the parents. You know what? It's not the worst thing in the world to lose a few games. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, absolutely I am. <laughs> you know? But why do you have to win you know, and get the applause and get the trophy every time. You know, everything becomes a competition. We've got boys in our house. Everything is a competition. You know, our security needs to not be in the applause that I'm seeking, but in the God who made me something outside of anything I can accomplish. Right? Sabbath causes me to do the hardest thing ever. Nothing that's going to make someone on the outside think that I'm awesome. No, I'm just taking a day to rest and, you know, I might pray, I might go for a hike, I might, you know, I might just do nothing today. And people are like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> we get to ask these questions like, why do I do this? Why is this important to me? Why do I think like, why do I need this thing? They're the hard questions. Why is my identity linked to that? How come I think that God's going to like me more if I do this? Here's a quote from Leonard Sweet who wrote a book that I haven't read. Pastor Keith's read it and keeps throwing these quotes in my face. And this one is amazing. He says, For many of us, we brought into a form of the Protestant work ethic that taught us the harder that we work and the more successful we become, the more God is pleased and the more we feel the assurance of our salvation. What a load of bull that we believed. Again, it's great to have a good work ethic. but not if we're feeling a greater sense of assurance as a result of that thing. I'm going to finish up. Toddy, can you come up for us? Imagine that you've got a 24-hour block of time. I know, for some of you young pa like parents of young children, you know, like this is 24 hours. Okay, imagine you've got 24 hours. Start with three hours if you need to, right? Just imagine with me, right? You're starting it on Saturday afternoon. The phones miraculously get placed somewhere else. All the screens go off. And if you're like my house, you've got many screens. There's like five laptops in my house. There's like two televisions. There's an iPad, a bunch of phones, iPods. Like there's, there's so many screens in my house. The Xbox or the PlayStation is turned off for a while and all the children were freaking out. And one of the things that you deliberately do in that space is you take the time to open your Bible. And you stop. And you pray for a while. And because you've got nothing to do, you can decide what you want to do. 
and you can pause and you can think and you can contemplate and wonder and imagine with God. And you can think about His, His goodness. You can think about the Scripture that you've read because you've got the time because you've carved out some space. You've created margin. You've created Sabbath rest. And so for a part of that time, you're going to go into your room or get your family around the lounge room and talk about who God is. And you're pausing life for a moment. You're, pre- you're pressing the pause button on a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that's going to continue the moment you hit the play button because the bills and the chores and the expectations of family and friends, they're all going to be back there when you hit the play button. They're all going to come back. But God says, pause for a moment. Press the pause button for a moment. So you, you're not doing what I do and walking around the house picking up empty chip packets that my children feel it's too far for the bin. I, 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 I couldn't possibly walk from here to, to, to there to put it in the bin, so I'm just going to leave it there. So this looks like a good spot for my, for my chip packet. I'm just going to adjust it so that it's right because someone will pick that up later. Anyone else like this? So, so, so I'm, I'm not walking around the house ugh, picking up chip packets or, you know, I'm just going to pray while I fold the laundry. Thank you, Lord. Stupid laundry. Thank you, Lord. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not trying to multitask while I'm having my Sabbath. I'm not like praying in tongues in the car. I've got to do the groceries. That's not Sabbath. Sabbath isn't multitasking. Sabbath isn't trying to, you know, get an email done on your computer while having a deep conversation with your child. That's not Sabbath rest. Sabbath is, let's pause. Let's, let's, let's reorient. Let's reorient my life, our life, to him. And think about yourself. That's all right. Get some clarity. Get some perspective. You know, you, you, you never know what you might see. What might God allow you to, to see if you took some time? See, we've we, we got to change the transmission. We've got to change the station because the drone of the world is never going to stop. Your to-do list is never going to stop, Right? So we've got to change, change the transmission, change the, the voices that continually bombard your face, your eyes, your brain, your ears. 
and slow down. And you know what? When that happens, something truly amazing is taking place. And you know what that is? It's alignment. Because you are aligning yourself more and more with how God created life to be lived. I've really taken my time in this message. I think I preached for almost an hour. That's like a new record. No, it's not. It's really not. Because we need to slow things down. Right? We can't, we can't let the world dictate the pace of our lives. We are, we are like aliens to the world. And we can't be transformed by the renewing of our mind if we're stuck in the patterns of the world. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.